0: From 99.9 The Fan, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com.
1: Do you know what is a a, I don't even know if it's a secondary benefit. Maybe the main benefit of name, image, actually, secondary benefit. Let me correct myself. You know what's a secondary benefit of the name, image, and likeness era in college sports? What's that? College sports, college conferences, college individual teams are becoming better-run businesses. Fair point. Right? Because uh, maybe booster money that they used to not have to work that hard for used to just be, hey, we call up this this person, we ask for money, they give it to us, it helps fund our program. Mm -hmm. That money is now being, hey, we call up this person, we ask them to give money to the players, and then that money doesn't actually fund our program. So we have to run our program in a better way like a better run business so we can afford the same level of things and maybe even a higher level of things that we've had in the past, right? Schools are, I would assume, becoming more and more hesitant to give ridiculously large buyouts to, to coaches and contracts because they're like, if we have to pay you $30 million to go away, that's $30 million we have to raise. That's $30 million that can't go to the players. That's $30 million worth of worse players. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the college basketball schedules come, came out this week over the last, it's not really 24 hours, like 16 hours uh, for the ACC, the conference schedules. And they're making like more entertaining products. Like who would have guessed an entertaining, entertainment industry uh, program and an entertainment industry business is finally building the best entertainment products. For the third straight year, which, by the way, three years is about how long this name, image, and likeness thing has been coming down the pipe, right? For the third straight year, the weekend before the Super Bowl, which is right off, quote unquote, for the NFL, they, they Pro Bowl maybe, but they have the conference championships, an off weekend, then the Super Bowl the following weekend. That off weekend is going to feature a Duke North Carolina game. That's Very, very smart, right? Do you know who you don't want to compete with for television eyeballs? The NFL. So you put a Duke-Carolina basketball game Mm -hmm. when there is a ton of very well-conditioned sports fans that have been very, very used to taking their weekends and sitting on the couch and watching sports, and for the first time in months, they don't have football to watch, so you sit them down and put a very, very newsworthy, nationally relevant ACC rivalry basketball game, Duke-Carolina. But it doesn't end there. That's not – I mean, that's common sense, but it's been happening now for three straight years. They also built in – and this was noticed by someone here in the office, uh, our our PD Paul – march 2nd to march 9th a week in march which is pre-march madness right this isn't yeah it's before the acc tournament exactly it's literally the week leading up to the acc tournament there is i mean i guess we could say the madness starts yeah if we're just talking about madness as as great chaotic basketball games yeah there's the try we should should almost call like the triangle rivalry week or something like that Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll workshop the name of it but uh on the Saturday, that's Saturday, the 2nd of March, State goes to Chapel Hill. Yeah. On the Monday, so two days later, Duke goes to State. So they're in, they're in Raleigh. Okay. Then the following Saturday, so whatever that is, five, six days later, on the 9th, Carolina at Duke. That's one big game apiece at each of the three triangle big-time basketball schools, and – they all play each other twice. Mm-hmm. You, you could, in a, like, call it a round robin or something like that, you could make it some kind of state title.
0: Yeah, you got to include Wake in that, though. True. Some kind of triangle title. There it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: You get what I was going after. Oh, like, yeah. state championship. I was going, to like, high school, maybe, you know. College coaches love making rings. I'll tell you that right now. They, mm-hmm. they love, uh, like, if, if Clemson beats South Carolina, somehow they're getting, like, a state championship ring. It's like, what? That's not how that works. I have a big old ring from my playing days. You know what it says on the side? What? Runner up. That's, that's not. That's not a ring you want to wear. That sounds dumb.
0: That's. That sounds dumb.
1: Yeah. Oh no, it is. And when we got like we got sized, we played in the national championship game. We lost. Not. I don't like talking about it. We were ahead nineteen nothing at halftime. Uh, but we got sized for the rings before the game, which felt normal. We lost the national championship game, and when they started talking about when our rings were going to be delivered, we were going like. Did you watch the games?
0: <laughs> like for what?
1: We, I mean, did you did you order them at halftime? <laughs> we were ahead at half. But uh, but my point is there there's something that could be built around this the the basketball the the television the the attendance. Like, imagine if you're a big basketball fan, and you could buy like a a three piece ticket. Oh right. I mean, now that would require these three schools working together, which, (laughs) but my my point is you build these events so much about like, what is the NBA doing, uh, with in-season tournament, which by the way, talk about us needing to workshop a name. They need to workshop the name. They're putting an in-season tournament, which is literally just a way to make an event out of something in the middle of basketball season because event watching is a thing. If you have these three rivalry games all being played within a week, all being played within whatever it is, an hour drive, all being played, uh, uh, you know, by hopefully good, talented teams that are having good seasons, that's an event. That's how your television partner comes to you and says, good job, and you go, remember this when we're negotiating our new television rights. Remember this when everyone says basketball doesn't matter what this week feels like. Mm Mm-hmm. When everybody gets really excited for these three games that are all, right, the rivalries, there's, there's probably going to be. I, Tom Rinaldi isn't with ESPN anymore, is he? No, nah, he's with Fox. But heck, find some other Tom Rinaldi to put some piano music in the background and talk dramatically over shots of, of the triangle, right? Talking about the histories and the rivalries of these programs, and it, it will sell. I guarantee you. It will sell. Bring together David Thompson, Michael Jordan, and and Grant Hill. Put them in a room. Have, have them at all three games. I don't think Michael Jordan or maybe David Thompson
0: would do it, but Grant Hill's in media. Yeah. Find others. Find them. I know there's been a, – a lot of people have been advocating for there to be like the big four ACC in the state of North Carolina, so the mm-hmm. Triangle 3 plus Wake Forest. Mm-hmm and having like a mid-season thing at Greensboro Coliseum, I which I think would it. be awesome.
1: The only thing I would say is I would love it even more if you could just, I mean, it's not a long drive. Put them in home arenas.
0: No, but I think it's because of what Greensboro Coliseum is meant for college basketball okay. here in the state of North I mean, Carolina. I mean, I get
1: that. It's just I also love Cameron Indoor and Dean the Dean Dunn. Oh, as,
0: as do I. Yeah. But I think it's just kind of
1: like. I, I get it. Actually, heck, do both. You play, I mean, you're in conference, right? Like, Duke and Carolina are going to play twice. Yeah. Do both. Uh, I actually love the idea of some kind of midseason North Carolina schools.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Love the idea.
1: My point is. Or the hoop state. My point is, going back to the original, like, keep looking for ways that are Not going to mess with tradition maybe build new traditions Mm -hmm. uh, that are not going to mess with with kind of what the fabric of college sports is but it's a way to make it more marketable but it's a way to make it more of an event but it's a way to quite frankly make more money because the players are taking their share now it's not what their share should be but it's a partial share right they're taking some name image and likeness money you got to make up that money elsewhere, run your business better, find out where where the money is in the margins, and go get it. And the schedule shows part of that.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done. Which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Listening to a podcast today, uh, PMT Pod. It had Andy Staples on it, who's a, a national reporter, he used to be with The Athletic. He's, uh, I think, with On Three now, uh, covering college football. And. One of our local coaches popped up in in just kind of what seemed like a throwaway line, but it got me thinking. Uh, To set this up, they were discussing the, for lack of a better term, the professional wrestling elements that are being added to college football by by way of coaches. Now you're talking my language. Go on. Ryan Day, you know, and Lou Holtz, the next time I see you. Uh, Deion Sanders and Dan Lanning cutting promos against each other. They're putting out hype videos. Like, they were discussing that, and and uh, this is what Andy Staples said in response.
0: You try to do things for yes. clicks because it gets recruits and it well, gets your name out there. Also, it's the entertainment business. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you aren't Kirby Smart or Nick Saban, or I, well, I guess not, Ryan Day does it too now, but yeah. if you're not them, be entertaining. right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're – like Dave Doran at NC State, wins like eight, nine games every year. Like, imagine if he was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Imagine if he was fun. First of all, insulting, right? <laughs> like if, if if anyone ever said Dennis, but imagine if Dennis were fun. That's not a compliment to Dennis, right? <laughs> that that is saying he is unfun. Um, here's what I here's what immediately spurned in, into that, right? I heard that, and I don't think Andy Staples meant anything like you know, malicious by by using Dave Dorn as an example. I think he was on the spot in a conversation and he he had to think of quickly the most boring but good, right? Boring but solid coach in college football. And his mind, through again, no malicious intent, jumped to Dave Doran as somebody that's just a little bit bland compared to some of the other characters we know from college football. Right, Ryan Day, Deion Sanders, on and on, Dan Lanning, blah blah, blah. Uh, uh, Dabo, uh, even Mac Brown is a little different. When those guys have success, right? When Deion Sanders turns around Colorado, when Ryan Day continues cranking out really good teams in in, in at Ohio State and is then adding even more attention to Ohio State. I mean, the last however many days, Oregon, Ohio State, and Colorado have largely been the 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 story of college football and they've been shoved in the face of recruits countrywide because of yes on-field play but also what their coaches are doing it's going to make their job easier to recruit right uh when they call a recruit they're more likely to get a call back because the recruit knows them has seen them has been talked uh about to them so when something like that happens Every level of sports, but it seems like football even more so, is a copycat sport, right? If that program is doing something and they're having success, you best believe by next week, we're going to be doing it, right? If they run a trick play, I mean, how many times have we seen Philly special since 2018? Right? That exact trick play has been run by a thousand teams since it was run in the Super Bowl by Philly. Because it's a copycat league. It worked for them. It might work for us. And then they started doing little differences and little tweaks and little tweaks, but it's the same play. So I'm looking around and going, Dave Doran, because Andy Staples used you as an example, does Dave Doran have that in his repertoire? Does he have, let's say this Friday, it's a big game, by the way, for NC State against Louisville. Um, let's say they beat Louisville, right? And we're just, we're just spitballing here. Brennan Armstrong has a has a good day. The defense absolutely bottles up Louisville. Jack Plummer can't get anything going for for uh, Louisville. Should Dave Doran grab a on a uh, like a on the field sideline reporter's microphone and and light up the haters? Should he crack a joke at the expense of somebody that has talked badly on them? Because it would it would feel mighty out of character for Dave Doran to do that. It would, but it'd be fun. It'll would get it? a lot of attention would it because be I think it would be that's I mean, that might be the answer, but let me just paint the let me be devil's advocate for a second. Have you ever seen somebody who is not a trash talker talk trash? Yeah, it's funny. or somebody who is um maybe not used to being the center of attention, like almost force themselves into being the center of attention, and it gets kind of cringeworthy. And it's, it's a, it is a delicate line to flirt with, right? Sometimes the quiet kid in high school goes up for the, the talent show and it crushes, right? And it, it, they are suddenly the most popular kid in campus. Sometimes the quiet kid goes up there and it's a little cringeworthy. And even if you want to be nice and you're clapping, it's still like, ooh, that did not go well. If Dave Doran cuts a promo, it's going to go one of two ways. Right, because think about it like this: two teams have played Colorado over the last two weeks. I think I got yes. Two teams have played Colorado over the last two weeks, and and both of them tried to match the what do we call what Deion Sanders is the the charisma, charisma, swag, pizzazz. Yeah, uh, tried to match the the attention seeking of Deion Sanders. Uh, Dan Lanning, I believe helped his program a lot, right? It's, he now has a Trump card. He has a, uh, you know, the whole, they're going for clicks. We're going for wins thing. As you say that with someone welcomed into your locker room to videotape your pregame speech, it is ironic. It is, you could say hypocritical. It worked right his speech worked, and not just because they won on the field. I believed it when he said it, and it feels like now when he goes to recruit against Deion Sanders in the portal or otherwise, he'll be able to say, we're going for wins. He has a, like a catchphrase, and then they put out the video, right, all the Colorado guys talking trash, Oregon winning by a bunch. It's working. Now go back to Colorado State not that long ago, right? Norvell, the coach of Colorado State, tried to fire back against Deion as well. The whole I wear my hat and I take or I take my hat off, I take my sunglasses off when I speak to adults because that's how I was raised. He tried to fire back. He wanted that to be his catchphrase, right? Like raised right. And and Colorado State severely outperformed. Like they, they, they took Colorado to the brink, right? Their passing game looked great. After that game, they should have been recruiting better. But you know what I think happened? Do you know what I think happened? Norvell just isn't that guy. Right? He's not the the guy to go in a in a tit for tat war of words with Dion and he lost. So it's like now you're kind of uncool. Right? Now you're kind of the guy that opened your mouth and got smacked down, even though you played well on the field. Even though that should have been a boost. Is there a way for like, you know, I know some of the best athletes I've ever played with were not loud personalities. Right, some of the best athletes that I know that I've followed that I've covered were just not loud athletes right i I can't tell you like you put in uh in this business in the media business, you'll ask a team for an interview and and they'll act like they're doing you a favor when they give you the best player on the team or the captain or like the guy that had been there for ten years, and you're going like, mm, you know what I really want the the third leading scorer. Why? Because that guy is exciting. That guy is entertaining, right? The, the, the star might just be a boring person. So let me ask you this. If your team is coached by somebody who doesn't have that in their repertoire, and I'm not really talking specifically about Dave Doran anymore, because he's shown, you know, pieces of flash and pizzazz at times. Uh, but if you are coached by a, by a guy who just doesn't have that in them right? If you're coached by a guy, your college is, you know, you have a guy who's an uh, X's and O's wizard. He's really good at hiring assistants. He's solid in the, the scheme game and, and, and crunching and tape and crunching film. But in the post-game interview, he's boring. Is that going to be your downfall? Is that going to be the thing that sinks the ship of your program? And how hilarious is that? Right, College football has become such a pro-wrestling match mm-hmm. that you can, like, and again, I'm not the biggest pro-wrestling fan, especially when compared to s- s- some on this network, maybe even on th- this show, maybe raising their hand in the producer's room as we speak, uh, like Dennis. But I have to imagine, like, it doesn't matter how athletic you are. It doesn't matter how... Uh, you know, I don't know your looks are or what your background story is. If you can't grab the mic and entertain the people, yeah. it, it's, it's not going to work out for you, right? No matter how many backflips you can do off the top rope. I don't want it to be that way for college football, but it might be right. It doesn't matter how good of a schemer you are. It doesn't matter uh, how good of a uh, talent identifier you are. It doesn't matter how well you run practice. If you can't get behind a microphone and make a brand and make a name for yourself that is going to help you in recruiting. When it's all about yeah, it's all about getting that attention. When, like when, you need it. When you're competing against Deion Sanders and all of the Deion Sanders copycats that are right down the road. They are coming up on us quick. And
0: we always saw the, or we did see, I guess you could say, the quote-unquote arms race for facilities and mm. locker rooms and all that kind of stuff. Well, not everyone has them. Like, a lot of schools out there have great facilities. There are a lot of group of five, mid-level schools that have great facilities. They're around all over the place. It's like, okay, now how are you different? Like, now how are you going to be in the spotlight? If you actually look, four of the top seven college football games this year in terms of ratings, Colorado's four of the top seven. Like, all four of their games from the top seven in terms of viewership and ratings. And and it's it's...
1: Dion is obviously kind of the face of it for sure, but it's also what Ryan day did. Yeah. It's also what Dan Lanning did. It's also what Mac Brown did with his letter to the NCAA about the Tez Walker situation. Yeah. It's it's, there are guys who more, more naturally stand out. I think that is fair to say there are coaches who much more naturally, if you put them Mm -hmm. in a room, they're just more likely to be the one that people gather around. People are drawn to personalities. And what if you're just a good football coach and not a personality? Well, if you win a national championship, that's all you need. I agree with that. Can you get there? Like, you know, there, there is the cliche of if you just, you know, put your rings on the table, it doesn't really matter what you're saying. Everyone's looking at the rings. How do you get there if you are not a personality?
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes